Hi, and welcome to Bread. We are an open-minded, spirit-filled, non-denominational church, and we are in a new series called If Jesus is Supreme. In a world of half-truths, split opinions, and divergent beliefs, Paul's letter to the Colossians makes a surprisingly concrete claim. Jesus is supreme. He is the ruler of the universe, the authority in all of life. And when we fully lay hold of this fact, every area of our life is affected. So this is a series about the process of maturing. It's for everyone who knows there is more. Amen. Welcome, guys. You can have a seat. My name is Nellie. It's great to have you. Welcome. Um, I'm glad that Ben gave me the chance to announce for the community news that the Los Angeles Football Club are the MLS champions. Yeah, give it up, give it up. That was such a crazy game. Um, yeah, I was there. I was praying in the spirit during the penalty kicks. <sighs> yes, thank you, Lord. Um, so today we're gonna finish our series on Colossians. We've been going through a series on if Jesus is supreme, we will be. And today I'm gonna talk about if Jesus is supreme, we will be prayerful. And I'm super happy to talk about prayer. I love prayer. Um, and I got thinking, prayer is one of those things you might need some good visuals for, if you know me. And when I speak here, I like to have some art on the, on the uh, screen. So I <laughs> gave a try at this new thing called the Dolly 2. Are you guys familiar with this? It's the artificial intelligence art generator. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You basically go on there, log in, and register, and you, you give them a phrase. You give Dolly to a phrase, and instantly it gives you some, quote, art uh, based off of your phrase. So I tried to create some visuals. It was a disaster, and I'm just gonna share it with you right now to get this started. How about it? So first we have, you're gonna see my inputs. This might be too much information. Futuristic cyborg poster in a subway of a hot guy praying. That's what we've got, ladies and gentlemen. Something for everyone here at Bread. The next one we had, let's see, synthwave woman praying and eating pizza. Kind of like this one. Actually, it's pretty cool. Uh, next one is a little bit odd also, synthwave woman eating pizza. I, that's not pizza, though, so don't tell the bots. That looks like a pita, but we'll take it. What's the next one that I did? Oh yeah, I knew this soccer match was coming up, so stained glass window of Los Angeles Football Club praying. Kind of got the colors right. I'm not really sure about the Latin. It's okay, we'll take it, right? We'll take it. And last of all, this is not Dolly. This is an example. Who is my guide for how to pray? Chicho Arango. He does this before every match. He just like goes and plots himself in the center line and has this very dramatic prayer. And I'm here for it because whatever, God hears him. So give it up for Chicho. Yes, you knew I had to have some LAFC references in this talk today. I am amazed actually that I have a voice. This is the work of the Lord. Um, but let's jump into our reading for today, shall we? So we're in the last chapter of Colossians. We don't have a reader, right? Oh, perfect. I was hoping so. 
Paul has some really crazy friends in this, so we're going to try and pronunciate them the best we can. Um, <clears throat> Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage our hearts. He is coming with Owen Isthmus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of, uh, who is, I lost it, who is one of, uh, wonderful dear brother, who is one of you. <clears throat> they will tell you everything that is happening here. My fellow prisoner, Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among us, among my co-workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, uh, who is one of you and a servant of the Christ Jesus sends greetings. <laughs> He's also wrestling in prayer for you, and that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Herapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor of Demas, sends greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters of uh, Atlodicea and Nympha and the church in her house. <clears throat> okay. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greetings in my own hand. Remember my chains, grace be with you. Well done, Dixon. <laughs> well done. So, a lot of names, long passage. We're not going to be able to hit every single one of these verses, but um, where I want to start is really in this first section of Colossians 4. And... Um, first, I want you to remember also, because we don't actually find this out until the end of Colossians, when he just kind of punctuates it, basically, in chapter 4, where Paul's like, oh, by the way, I'm writing to you from prison. Um, remember me. Remember that that's kind of the context of this uh, letter to the church at Colossae. So if Jesus reigns supreme, then we will be prayerful. What does that mean, though? What does that actually mean? Paul says in this first section that there's three important things that we need to keep in mind. We need to be devoted to prayer. We need to be watchful. 
and we need to be thankful. But let's start with the basics. So what is prayer? Prayer is nothing more than a really simple connection, connecting with God in just basic conversation. I think for a lot of us, especially if we've had any sort of church experience or you've been in and around Jesus-y people, you may have a lot of crazy ideas of what prayer is, but it's very simple. It could be short conversations with God. It could be long conversations. It could be one word. It doesn't matter. Prayer is getting quiet and being with God, talking to him, trying to hear what he might be saying back. Honestly, it's vulnerable. And if we're actually giving ourselves to prayer, it's pretty raw. Sometimes prayer is easier to do with others. I, I don't know about you, but in worship, when this incredible worship band is leading us into God's presence, it's so much easier for my thoughts to flow, to talk to God. I don't know about you. That's not by accident. Ultimately, prayer isn't, it's not this thing that we should do, just out of some religious must, some religious requirement. Prayer is an outgrowth. It's a natural outgrowth of love. It's slowing down long enough to recognize that we need God to say, help. <laughs> or, wow, thank you. It's welcoming his spirit. Can you imagine two people loving each other or pretending to love each other but never talking? <laughs> I mean, this would be a problematic relationship. We, you know, relationships go through phases and sometimes we need therapy. But ultimately, good relationships rely on honest conversations, right? It's very basic. It's no different than with our relationship with the Lord. Prayer is a natural outgrowth of love. It's as simple as breathing. So you know what I've learned over the years of doing my best to follow Jesus is even the tiniest curiosity about God, even the tiniest curiosity of love to know him more, and I mean the tiniest it's so beautiful and powerful. And because God's so kind towards us and wants us to know him, it's like he breathes on that tiniest spark and can turn it into this flame of beautiful thing between us. You don't have to start with much. You don't have to come to God with this wild resume of achievements or knowing how to do prayer right. You just have to come to him. So here's some ideas of how to imagine prayer. Um, this is not prescriptive. This is not like a prayer Rx. There's kind of a limitless amount of ways that you can pray, but this is just what's worked for me over the years and how to just talk to the Lord. Okay, here's some examples that really helped me, honestly. Um, praying in the car, so talking to the Lord in the car. Sometimes you put on a little music. doesn't have to be worship music. can help you. can help you stay focused as you're driving trying not to murder people, cutting you off. Praying in the shower, also good, because you're by yourself, and you're alone. And sometimes you're alone with your thoughts. Um, some of my, I feel like, best prayer times spend in the shower. For me, falling asleep and waking up in that 
liminal time when you're sort of like not quite awake. Those are some of my favorite times to really tell God how I'm doing and to ask him for help. Sometimes, uh, for me, just journaling. This is my, my prayer journal. Look, it's like a book. It was, somebody gave it to me. It says, Necessary Nelly. So cute. Adorable. Writing out your prayers can really help. You can even do it on your phone if you must. I mean, you can open up your notes app and just tell God what you're thinking. What else? Sometimes it helps me actually to pray for friends, not by myself, but to actually tell them what I'm praying. So sometimes I'll send these weird audio notes. It's kind of, I know, it's, if you, you're not expecting an audio note. Sometimes it can be kind of, Ooh, what's this? But sometimes I just go for it and send a friend an audio note and just pray for them. It's um, helped me stay honest to actually pray for the people I say I'm going to pray for, right? Um, another favorite is writing a, f- a friend or a loved one a, a prayer, like, as a letter. Um, some friends did this for me when I was, like, 16, and I still have them. I mean, this stuff is it's kind of, like, life-changing words. So those are just a couple of really basic things that have been helpful for me. It's not exhaustive. Um, God's the most creative being in the whole universe. So he's given us access to his creativity, and that comes out in prayer. I have some friends who pray by, like, playing the djembe or the cajon because they connect with God through music, or others who will go for a walk because they need to actually be in, like, to touch grass with their feet in order to connect with God. There's really limitless ways to do it. Prayer should be fun. Connecting with God should be fun. But also, and I really want to drive this home, prayer is a powerful spiritual practice that will actually change us. When we stop and ask God for help, when we invite the Holy Spirit to show us things, when we say to Jesus, no, 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 you, you're in charge. I don't know what I'm doing. Please help me. When we have that sort of vulnerability with God, I'm convinced, because I've experienced this, our actual brains start to rewire around God's hope and God's peace and God's wholeness. This is what God does. Jesus is always making things new, right? So becoming people who pray, so for for bread, to become a church that actually prays, this will make our community new. Like, we will change. We will change as a community. And don't we want that? We want to be made new. We want to be transformed, right? So Jesus himself modeled this too. think back to the Gospels, even though he's fully God and fully man, he's always taking time to get up on the mountain early in the morning to talk with his father, which to me is crazy. It's a little bit of a mind bender because, you know, he's fully God and fully man, but he knew he needed to connect with the father. So with a a room full of people this big, uh, there's a, I know there's a decent-sized continuum of where we fall with this whole prayer thing, right? And I want to recognize that. Um, 
I want to recognize that some of us are so experienced in prayer, you could teach the Tuesday night thing on prayer. You could do it. Maybe you will one day. Other, others of us in the room or maybe on the podcast, we're so angry at God right now for that thing that happened or that thing, things, that you're really struggling to turn to face God again. And I feel like you need to know, God can handle that. God can handle your anger. There's space for you. And we want to tell you that you're welcome here. We always say at Bread, um, you come on your own terms. Others of us might be what I would call prayer curious, where maybe you have some idea of what prayer could be. Maybe you learned the Lord's Prayer or the rosary at some point, and you're sort of like, well, the way these bread people are talking about prayer is dot, 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 interesting, a little different. You're eyeballing it, you're a little intrigued, but you might not know where to start, or you feel fumbly with it. Some of us grew up thinking that in order to pray, we had to use very special words, like special religious language, and, you know, honestly, sometimes that's helpful, but a lot of the times, um, using, like, religious language to talk to God is counterproductive. It, the way I see it is, it's kind of like wrapping your tongue in plastic wrap. Like, it's, you're using somebody else's words. You're not actually saying what is in your heart. And so, um, it can become more of, like, a performance rather than your own heart. So let's be real with God, because he loves us more than anyone in the universe. So as a, a really short aside about our weekend away, whether you were able to come or not, uh, our weekend in Arrowhead, it was a really incredible uh, weekend together. It, I said to somebody, wow, I feel like we went really deep, like in prayer and worship, and saw God do some really cool things. And we just had so much fun like insane amounts of fun. Um, but in the last session of our Week in Away, Ed shared about how everyone, God's given everyone a particular gifting to use to serve the needs of the community. And he just went over it a, a tiny bit. He, he mentioned how the Bible talks about there being apostles and prophets and teachers and pastors and, what am I missing? Uh, Evangelists, the one I don't have. <laughs> yeah. So then he had us divide up and we prayed for one another based off of what we were identifying with. And the one gifting that I want to grow in is in prophetic prayer, prophetic gifting. And I know it's probably one of the things that I've had the most curiosity about, but maybe the least practice, because been misused in different parts of the church and been kind of weird at certain times, but I really want to grow in it. So as we were, uh, as I was pre preparing for this sermon on prayer, I was like, God, what, what do you want to say? <laughs> you want to give me some sort of direction? You want to give me a prophetic word um, for this sermon? And this is a bit odd. I didn't run this past Ed and Hannah, um, and I'm going to date myself with this, but I kept hearing this old Pearl Jam song from the Vitality <laughs> record, and um, 
I wish we could play it. Alicia's like, that's way too aggressive. You can't, you can't play that clip. But um, the song was, it, there's this line where it says, this is not for you. This is not for you. It's a good song. You should listen to it. Um, it's about how you like, can't steal art from the artists, can't be actually corporate. But I was like, okay, that's a weird, what does that mean, God? And I immediately had this thought as I was thinking about this sermon on prayer is that we typically think about prayer just for us, like individually. And I really felt God wanted to recalibrate this message for us to think about what if we are to become prayerful, not for us, but for others. And maybe in particular for this community to start. To think about becoming prayerful people specifically for other people. So of course, prayer is it's this sweet private thing we do and, and we connect with God when we do so and we, we come to know him better. Yes, it's all those things. But it's, prayer is also not just for you. In being prayerful, you will participate, you and I, us, we will participate in the outrageous work of Christ's kingdom together with him, partnering with Jesus. And doing that, people's lives, like actual lives, will be affected for the good in beautiful and powerful ways. I think about how even when Jesus taught us to pray, right, his, be our father, it's, there's no first person. It's all us. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. So if Jesus reigns supreme, then we will be prayerful and will be prayerful because this church needs you. This church needs you to be fully you, to be the person God made you to be. So Paul pleads to the Colossians. I'm going to go back to the text here. Pray for us too. He's in prison. He's saying pray for us too. Pray that there will be open doors to describe the mystery of Jesus, which, by the way, is why I'm locked up. (laughs) It's very subtle. He actually was not very, he didn't elaborate that much about it. So Paul is doing his best to care for this local church from prison, and he's calling people to maturity through this letter. He's calling people to grow up in Jesus, and he's begging them to pray for him while they're in jail, to to pray for him and his his peeps, right, that are in jail for sharing the gospel. It it, it is wild to me, actually, that he doesn't say, pray that we get out of here. He he says, pray that there will be open doors for the message of the mystery of Jesus to be known. Pray that we'll speak powerfully about him. Isn't that gnarly? When we pray, we're connecting with Jesus who holds all things together, it says in Colossians. He's the supreme king of the universe. And so, in Jesus, when we're connecting with him in prayer like this, there's no limits on us. And Paul is demonstrating that, even in chapter 4. He's not concerned that he's in jail. He's unfazed. He's asking for more opportunities to 
do what he's done, which is share Jesus and potentially be thrown back in prison. So the wild reality, you guys may know this, maybe not, the wild reality is that us, bred today in Hollywood, in 2022, we know and understand who Jesus is in large part because we stand on the shoulders of people like Paul and his friends that risked everything to share about him in the first couple centuries. And they did this through the power of prayer and being empowered by the Spirit. The message of Jesus spread like wildfire because of what they, the early church did. And then Paul says, oh, by the way, Epaphras, I think that's how you say it, Epaphras is not just praying for you, but he's wrestling in prayer for you. So he's, he's sharing with the church at Colossae, I need you to know that there is this brother named Epaphras who is wrestling for you. Have you ever had someone wrestle in prayer for you? And like you knew it, you knew they were wrestling in prayer for you. I have so many examples I could tell you of times in my life where family, friends, people in church were wrestling in prayer for me and it changed the outcome of how my life went. Some of my favorite stories are when people that I hadn't talked to for months or years just randomly got in touch, like sent an Instagram message or sent me an email to my old Hotmail that I don't even check anymore, just to say, I, you've been on my heart and I'm, I want you to know that I'm wrestling in prayer for you. And it was always at the time that I needed it the most. I could tell you more stories over lunch. Have you ever wrestled in prayer for somebody else? I hope you get the opportunity. And I hope you can do it more. Do you want to know, this is a video game reference, and even though I'm not a gamer, do you want to know a cheat code for your life? If you want to make space in your heart for someone who's absolutely making you batty, I mean, you're just so frustrated by this person in your life. Maybe this person has actually hurt you, They've offended you. The cheat code is to wrestle in prayer for them. The reason I say it's a cheat code is that when you pray for someone with some focus, especially if you do it with somebody else, like more than just you, you pray together, we open up our hearts to multitudes of God's love. It's like we're welcoming God to come and change our own heart so that we can become like him and we start to see people like him. We start to have empathy when we really shouldn't have empathy. Like, in real life, you should be, like, hateful, I suppose, towards these people. But your actual, your actual heart will change. And then you know what? In that space where God can grow his love within you, love will multiply. It's really incredible. So what's, what's this guy Epaphras, Epaphras wrestling in prayer for you to be? Let's pretend like we're the church at Colossae. Let's assume, let's presume there's someone out there praying for us like this. 
He's wrestling with God to give you the strength. This is what chapter 4 says. To stand firm in God's will. So in other words, to trust God fully. To let go and see where the wind of the Spirit will take us. The second thing is to grow up in Christ. To be fully mature. To no longer be an infant that's being thrown against the waves back and forth. And the third thing he's wrestling for in prayer is that we would be fully assured to know that we belong to Jesus and no one else, that our primary inheritance, our primary identity above everything else is that we belong to Jesus and no one can snatch us out of his hand. And then he greets a few other people and there's a lot of fun details in there that I can't get into. I do think it's really fun that he talks about Nympha, who is this rich woman running a house church, very countercultural for the time, extremely rad. But he says, most of all, tell Archippus, keep going. Complete the thing God gave you to do. And for someone here, maybe on the podcast, I feel like this is the one thing you just need to hear from God today. The Lord's saying, Keep going. Don't give up on that thing that I put in you to do. And then Paul says, remember my chains. So prayer is both private and communal, and honestly, praying with others can be extremely liberating. But it's a bit of a mystery too, right? Um, we actually need God's spirit in order to pray. Have you ever thought about this? We have to ourselves show up to make the connection, but we really need God to be able to sustain it. The Spirit does stuff that we can't see. But if we manage to be able to let go and try to follow what God is doing in the moment, we can really start to enjoy prayer. Talk about being a community that prays. This is my hope for bread. I want to tell you a quick story. So this past whoop, weekend, this past week, um, I went with my nieces and, and nephew to the Rose Bowl because it was super windy. I think this was like Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. And we went to fly kites at the Rose Bowl. And have you tried flying a kite lately? I mean, anybody? No one. Okay. I'm going to refresh your memory. Flying kites is actually really hard, especially on days when the wind is kind of like sparse, but it has gusts, and this was the day that we had last week. Like, it felt windy, but it was kind of like windy, and then it would die down. Windy, and then it would die down. Anyway, it's a riot. You should, you should go do it. It's actually very fun. And each kid had their own kite. There's like a dinosaur kite, a pizza kite, another pizza kite, and I got them these kites, so I really like the pizza kite, my, yeah, to be honest. And there's some other kite. And we have these kiddos from the age of two to nine, trying to get these things up in the air. And it was a, it was a disaster. It was, it was really hard. And we only had, between the four kids, two adults there to try to help them. But eventually, we did start to get some of them up in the air. And, you know, it's fun. You get it up, and then you, like, hope that it doesn't fall down. And it was really, in some ways, intriguing to try to help 
the, especially the six and seven year old, try to figure this out. Because they were like, I'm bad at this. Like one of them was saying, I'm bad at flying kites. And I was like, oh, honey, you're not. You just, you just need practice. It's, you have to go with the wind. You have to keep the line tight in order to get it up in the air. And then one of us would try to throw it up in the air, and then they would take off running. So it's kind of this balance when you're flying a kite. You have to figure out what direction's the wind going, and then you sort of have to pull against it, but then still be with it. It's a very interesting thing to make it stay in the air. And then you release the string, you know, once you're sort of in that space. And I got to thinking, you know, flying kites is really not that different from my experience of trying to connect with God in prayer. Because it's such a mystery. It's like we have to sense where is the spirit going right now? What does God want to do? What, what should I actually talk to him about? What should we talk to him about? And then we have to show up, even if we feel really fumbly in the process, even if we feel like we're, quote, bad at it. But once we get going, once we can get that kite launched in the air, it's so much fun to feel like you're doing something actually with God. We have to let go, honestly in order to follow where the Spirit's going, in, in, in order to actually connect with the Lord. So here's some final, um, final thoughts, and maybe another story if we have time. So the result, what's the result of being a church that prays? You know, if, if Christ reigns supreme, we will be prayerful. What, what will be the result of that? What, why does that matter? Besides just our personal connection with God. So the result of becoming people who pray will mean that not only will we love God more, we'll love each other more. We'll love others more. We'll love our enemies more. That thing that Jesus told us we would do. And in the midst of that, as we just keep showing up, as we, eat, we keep trying to throw the kite in the air, if we stay with it, we will see our faith increase. We will, and this is where it starts to get really fun. Um, I <laughs> brought this, I have a tiny story here. I brought this uh, debit card I got in the mail, my middle class tax refund. Did anybody get this yet? I think I'm like one of the earliest. Anyway, this is free money from the state of California to spend because they're saying we're sorry, inflation's awful. Um, so here's some magic money that we printed for you. And, um, yeah, I'm not, not mad about it. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to, to talk about this for a second because I was telling my friend Sarah Painter yesterday when we were at this LEFC match. I was like, hey, I got my, I got my debit card from California. And it's kind of got a couple hundred bucks on it. It's really nice. And she was like, oh, um, I hope I didn't throw that away. Because <laughs> that could be like, you know, kind of looks like junk mail. You know, they send you these fake credit cards in the mail and things like that. And uh, I was like, yeah, you should really check your mail. So keep your eyes open, kids. You might have money in the mail. Um, but it struck me that this is sometimes how we operate with God when it comes to prayer. We have access in connecting with the God of the universe to infinite resources to swipe 
the debit card that really has his name on it, every time we connect with him. And the reality is we just ask for too little. We just don't trust him enough. And he's saying, take my card. Ask me for crazy things. He's saying, ask for me. Ask me to heal your relative. Ask me to help your friend completely get out of debt. Ask me to change the course of history where there's been injustice continually done to a certain group of people. Ask me for big things. And as we start to do that, even just on a small level with our, our prayer life together with the Lord, and we sort of like swipe, <laughs> asking God even for small things in community, I'm really convinced we're going to see our faith grow because we're going to see how God loves to answer even the tiniest curiosity about him and towards him because he's so generous. He's more generous than any being in the universe. So we should take a chance on him. Okay. Um, I'll share a couple other things. But here's what I'll say. Some of us may need to practice this by just getting quiet with God and, and turning off our phones, getting away from the screens that we're all addicted to collectively. We can mostly agree on that. But some of us actually need to do it with others. And you're probably going to know which one of those you are. Maybe you need both. Getting to pray with other people is one of the more humbling and also vulnerable things that you can do, but allows you together to say, God, we need you. Please do something beautiful. And what it does, actually I hadn't even thought of this, what it does is it provides a witness for you when God does the thing that you've been asking for. It gives you a witness so that even if you're, you don't have the memory of it, hopefully the other person does and then your faith can grow. So I really want to challenge you, just get with somebody, even if you're not really sure what you're doing, get with somebody this week and try this out. If you're not in a super small group, mine is still open, we meet on Zoom, Tuesday nights, 7.30, there's four more weeks left. It's very chill, it's not more than an hour and a half. Come join us, because we pray as part of it. One of the things that I love the most about this, um, call to be prayerful, and we're coming to the, to the end here, is that everybody gets to play equally. There's no hierarchy. We're all beginners, all of us, no matter how much experience we have in prayer. We're all relearning and learning how to connect with God, and we need each other to do that. Like, have you thought about your being vulnerable enough to pray with somebody else may open them up to take chances that they never would have done because they saw your bravery. And as we do that together, we're just making space for more beginners to connect with God, to experience his love in this such simple ways, this simple way of connecting with him in prayer. So as we um, come to an end here, you know, this is the end of this Colossians series. We started with, if Jesus reigns supreme, 
we will be full. We'll be full of Jesus. If Jesus reigns supreme, we'll be free. If Jesus reigns supreme, we'll be dead to sin. If Jesus reigns supreme, we'll be alive to Christ, submitted to one another. And finally, if Jesus reigns supreme, we will be prayerful. And we need each other in order to be able to do these things. So stand with me, and um, as we head into um, sort of the end of the service and we have some time for uh, ministry up front, I really want to encourage you that if you um, need anything from the Lord, even the smallest thing, come, come up and get prayer. You never have to feel badly about always coming up for prayer. We love to pray for people. Um, and we'll have some time uh, for that following this. But what I want to do right now is actually do something very particular. I'm going to ask us to, to close our eyes, open our hands as a means of just showing our posture towards God. Close your eyes, and I'm just going to be silent for a minute or two. And I want to encourage every person in the room to be as honest as you possibly can to the Lord. Just tell him whatever you're thinking right now. Thank you, God, that you receive us. Thank you, Jesus, that we can approach you with confidence because of what you did on the cross. Holy Spirit, would you speak to this church? Would you speak to us collectively and individually? Would you give us bravery? Would you make us people who pray? Would you mark bread? Would you mark bread as a church that is prayerful? Would you do stunning things through these friends? And most of all, would you draw us to you? We need you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can stay in that posture. There's no reason to leave. You can stay standing. You can sit. Um, I, this is the formal end of the service, so you, if you need to leave, you're more than welcome to do that. But would really encourage you to come up front to get prayer. If the ministry team would come up front, the worship team, if they want to play some, that would be awesome.